Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning Shot. Welcome to Morning Shot. I'm Lin Lee. Several key CPF changes were announced in Budget 2023 to boost retirement adequacy for all. Starting September 1st, the CPF monthly salary ceiling will go up to $6,300. That's $300 more than the current set level. So what that means is that employers and employees alike will have to make CPF contributions for the first $6,300 of monthly salaries. Now, it'll be rising further to $6,800 in January next year, and by the year after, the ceiling will hit $7,400, and in 2026, it will go up to $8,000. That is a move to ensure that CPF contributions keep pace with rising salaries and part of efforts to help middle-income Singaporeans save more for their retirement. For more insights on our CPF, we are joined by Fu Shiying, Deputy Director of the Collection Services Department at the CPF Board. Welcome to the show, Shiying. Hi. And also, we have with us Patrick Tay, Assistant Secretary General of the NTUC. Good to have you with us, Patrick. Yeah, good morning, Lynn, and uh, everyone else listening in. Okay, Shing, maybe let's start with you. The last time the ceiling was adjusted from 5000 to $6,000, that was in 2016, right? Can you explain the timing of this upcoming change? The money wage ceiling has been periodically updated in the past to keep pace with 80th percentile monthly wages of resident employees. The last increase was six years ago in 2016 when the monthly wage ceiling was increased to 6000 from 5000 We are revising the monthly wage ceiling now so that it can keep up with the rising wages in Singapore and also to ensure that the CPF system continues to remain relevant in meeting the retirement needs of the broad majority of Singaporeans. Hmm. So maybe can you give us some examples, actual examples of how this could work? Because most people, as we know, are worried about their take-home pay, right? The increase in CPF wage ceiling will only impact employees whose monthly wages are currently above the current monthly wage ceiling of 6000 mm-hmm. but whose annual wages have not reached the annual wage ceiling of 102000 mm. Although employees affected by the increase in wage ceiling may experience a decrease in take-home pay, they can expect to see an increase in their total earnings after factoring the increased CPF contributions from employer. Allow me to illustrate with an example. Okay. For a 45-year-old male who is earning 8000 a month and mm-hmm. has not reached the annual wage ceiling, the maximum reduction in monthly take-home pay is 400 However, his CPF contributions will increase almost by double after taking into account his employer's CPF contributions. The money in his CPF account can be used for housing and healthcare needs instead of paying them out of pocket. If the monies continue to remain in his CPF account when he reaches 65, this means that he can receive up to 680 more in monthly CPF light payouts. It is understandable why there is greater focus on the immediate impact of the changes on take-home pay. However, it would be good if you can also take a longer-term view and recognise the positive impact that this change will bring to each of our retirement adequacy. Okay, Patrick, let's bring you in here. For middle-income Singaporeans who perhaps are single-handedly supporting a family with children, how should they work on apportioning their day-to-day budget? Yeah, I think different families uh, have different needs and priorities. So, mm-hmm. but uh, in making financial choices, uh, you know, we really recommend people to adopt a more long-term view mm-hmm. while also considering their current needs. So, you know, current needs like housing, 
utilities, transportation, daily expenses, including uh, purchasing of groceries, etc. Mm-hmm. Especially if uh, if you're a single uh, sole breadwinner with young children, education and childcare are equally important. And many of us may have uh, elderly parents mm. and uh, therefore care arrangements for them. All these are our current needs and costs. So I think apportioning that's important. But at the same time, also looking at the longer term needs. I mean, you look at this policy move to, to raise the monthly salary ceiling. I think one of the key things is to uh, enhance retirement adequacy I think it's important because we want to prepare. Uh, all of us are living much longer today, mm-hmm. so we want to prepare for uh, for the long haul. Uh, but at the same time, also uh, you know individually uh, in such a scenario where you're a sole breadwinner, I think it's very very important. I mean, being from the labour movement uh, with the uncertainties and the outlook in the labour market, good to also prepare for exigencies. For example, a loss of job, loss of income. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's important as well. Now, employers too will be subject to this change. Through your engagements, what are you hearing on the ground? What's the reaction been so far? I think uh, when maybe the tripartite partners started discussing about this you know, increase, I think there were initial apprehensions. Mm. I mean, it's cost pressures on employers. But I think we need to see it in totality. Uh, like Shreen mentioned, uh, this has not been shifted since 2016, mm. the last increase in this cap. And uh, salaries have gone up, the PAT has gone up, uh, including cost of living has gone up. And, and of course, um, cost of many other items, mm. as mentioned earlier, uh, not just those in the short term, but also longer term. We have housing, mortgage payments to pay, etc. And I think this increase, uh, maybe a slightly lesser take-home for some of them. Mm. Uh, but I think in totality, uh, you are looking at alleviating some of the cost, for ex- cost right. pressures. For mm-hmm. example, um, they will contribute to an overall higher CPA contribution because we have employer pits as well. And therefore, that will help in uh, you know paying for many of our uh, HDB mm. mortgage payments, mm. uh, which is the majority of us. And, and the other one is, of course, preparing for retirement. Mm. as we have uh, a longer life expectancy today. All right. Shing, let's uh, go deeper into those changes. A lot of people are curious about how did CPF work out, how much to increase and what time frame will be more comfortable for both employees and employers? The increase from 6,000 to 8,000 by 2026 is to cover the broad majority of our resident employees. And the increases are spread out over four years with mm-hmm. the first increase to 6,300 in the coming month. The subsequent increase to 6,800 in 2024, followed by 7,400 in 2025, and lastly, 8,000 in 2026. This allows for a more gradual transition that ensure that employees and employees have ample time to adjust and manage the impact of the changes. As what Patrick has mentioned, the schedule of increases was decided upon after careful deliberation mm. and consultation with our tripartite partners. We are also announcing the full schedule of changes ahead of time Mm -hmm. to allow for employers to prepare and make the necessary system changes before the increases are implemented. Okay. Patrick, are there particular types of businesses that you might be more concerned about? Startups, for example? Yeah, I think, uh, well, in general, the feedback on the ground is uh, this will, in a way, uh, be a little bit of cost pressures, mm. especially for micro SMEs and SMEs. But uh, on the whole, we are trying, you know, in, in our tripartite negotiation and discussions on, on this topic, I think that the key is, you know, uh, this has not shifted for mm. since 2016, it's quite okay. a number of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, to keep pace with uh, rising median salaries, at the same time also to ensure employees are sufficiently engaged, motivated, encouraged as well. So I think we have built in several measures. Mm-hmm. I mean, the 
first first thing is, uh, as what Shreen mentioned, it's done in phases, mm-hmm. uh, not just uh, one, a single one-shot right. increase, uh, but you know, phased out uh, in four stages. I think that's the first one. Second one is a uh, total annual salary cap remains at around 2000 Yeah, okay. so, so that should uh, alleviate some of the concerns of uh, certain groups of employers as well. And finally, if you look at this, um, you, as I mentioned earlier, we've not increased for quite a period of time. Mm-hmm. I think this goes August well to, to keep employers engaged and motivated as well. Any advice for employers? I think employers uh, have to uh, do their budgeting more carefully. I think there, there are several cost increases this year that's going to impact them. Mm-hmm. And with the uncertainties, I think important for employers uh, to look at uh, the various things that they are doing. I think increasingly, we have a very, very tight labour market. Mm-hmm. So I think every worker matters. So, so I think we need to find ways and means to make sure that uh, well, the books are balanced mm-hmm. and the employees are well looked after. Okay, will there be any assistance for companies who are feeling the financial burden of this additional costs, Shing? We recognise these financial impacts, so as what Patrick has mentioned. Instead of the one-step increase to 8000 mm-hmm. the increase in CPF money which selling will be phased in gradually, with ample notice to give employees time to adjust and manage the impact on business costs. The annual wage selling will remain unchanged at this juncture to help to limit the impact on business costs. So we have also engaged employers on the changes and share information on useful tools such as the online calculator to help them compute the revised contributions. So this will help them in the forecasting, which what uh, Patrick has mentioned. So these are some forms of assistance which have already provided to the employers. Okay, just to round things up here, which aspect of retirement needs do you hope this will help tackle in the longer term? Maybe let's start with you, Patrick. I think I think the key thing is uh, we also consider about the many, well, the changing workforce profile. We have more professionals, managers, executives and technicians. And I think uh, this particular move uh, targets at, at this middle income group. Uh, and therefore, we really urge each and every worker to, to not just look at current needs, but look mm-hmm. at the long-term needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, as mentioned earlier, I think we are living much longer. And well, we face uh, challenges both ends childcare arrangements, looking after young children, raising children. At the same time, also elderly parents. Mm. Uh, not just one set of parents, both set of parents, uh, if you are married and kids. So I think very, very important to look at retirement needs and uh, prepare for the longer term. Mm-hmm. I think uh, in, in, in the course of our engagements, as part of our Every Worker Matters conversation, yeah. I think that the labour movement has embarked on, there's a lot of emphasis and a lot of feedback on retirement adequacy. Mm. And that's why we, we, we heard about it in the National Day Rally 2023 and some of the measures that have been helping to enhance this piece. Hmm. Shree, any thoughts? Uh, the increase in CPF contributions can be used for employees' retirement and also for more immediate needs like healthcare and housing that would have otherwise have to be paid for using their take-home earnings. Helping to build workers' retirement nests requires collective efforts from the employees, employers and the government. Mm-hmm. The adjustment that we are making now will help to preserve and strengthen this social compact. All right, thank you both for your time today. Thank you. Fu Shing, Deputy Director of the Collection Services Department at CPF Board, and Patrick Tay, Assistant Secretary General of the National Trades Union Congress. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. This has been Morning Shot. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.